Our reading today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Samothes, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always give thanks, my God, for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Lovely to see you here and at home. As we begin, let's just have a word of prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for your word that's just been read to us. We thank you for the wonderful encouragements that it contains. And I pray now that as we consider it together, that you would use it to encourage us in our faith, and to remind us of the certainty that we hold on to, that our Lord God is faithful. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I wonder what struck you this week in what's going on in the news. There's been some good news, hasn't there, this week? We've heard news of a vaccine coming, a number of vaccines coming which will be helpful in uh, dealing, so we're told, with this coronavirus, which is having such a big effect on everyone and everything. But as I heard that news, I was also struck about how many uncertainties there still are about the current situation and the vaccine. How long will its effects last? How long will it be until I can get it? Is it safe? What happens if it's three weeks between doses instead of two weeks between doses? And is it likely to make everybody think, hooray, we've got a vaccine now, life can return to normal, and cause it all to spread again? 
And then the next item on the news was another load of uncertainty. Brexit is back on our screens. Well, here we are. Advent. A wonderful season of looking forward with great anticipation. Not thinking that something might happen, but knowing with absolute confident certainty that Christ is coming back. Now, there's a whole load that can be said about the passage that uh, Avril just read for us in 1 Corinthians, um, but I just want to focus this morning mostly on verse 8 and 9 of that passage. And I just want to highlight two things. And here they are. Firstly, God is faithful. And secondly, God has got you. So firstly then, God is faithful. And you might say, you might think, well, how can you be so sure? For example, we've all known of people, haven't we, who've not been faithful. Perhaps a school friend saying they're your friend and being all pally, but then saying nasty things about you behind your back. Maybe somebody made a promise to you and broke it. Maybe you've been aware of somebody cheating at something to the detriment of another. Maybe a colleague has lied to you at work. But we can be sure that God is faithful because of what it tells us in his word to us. And we can see it in verse 2 of the passage that we had read. He has called you, it says. He has called you to be his holy people, which means, verse 9, we're joined to him in fellowship in fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ. In other words, he wants you. How do we know he wants you? Well, he wouldn't have called you, would he, if he didn't want you? And we know from elsewhere in the Bible, don't we, that God is constant. He doesn't change his mind, like we so often do. And there's many passages that we could look at for that, but here's just one verse in Numbers 23. Verse 19, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And as we read the Bible and as we look at the testimony of Christians down the ages, all the evidence is that when God calls somebody... He doesn't then just abandon them and leave them on their own. Think of Moses. Think of Abraham. Think of Jonah. Think of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And think of Paul and all the things that happened to him. And more recently, people like Corrie ten Boom. If anybody's ever read her story of the hiding place and her experiences in the concentration camps. Or Pastor Richard Wormbrand from Romania, who was tortured for Christ. 
and much more locally, so many of us here who in so many ways can testify to the faithfulness of God in our lives. And if you think about it, in actual fact, for God to abandon his people is impossible. Because for God to abandon his people would be completely contrary to his nature. You see, for God not to be faithful would require him not to be God. And as he is God, he cannot not be God. Moses tells us, or writes in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. A thousand generations means a really, really long time. So God is faithful. But now the question is, to what end is God faithful? Well, have a look at verse 8. Or if you can't see it in front of you, let me read it for you. He will also keep you firm to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are two things I want us to see here. Put that too high. The first is, as you can see at the top there, Jesus will come back. That's in verse 8 of our passage. The day of our Lord Jesus Christ, that means the day when Christ will return, is God's focus in keeping us right until the end. Notice the complete confidence that Paul has. It is certain Christ will return, as if it's underlined. Of course, we don't yet know when. The timing is uncertain, but the event is completely certain. Now, you'll probably perhaps have heard this before, but of course, on that day, when we appear before God as he judges we should all be punished, shouldn't we, for the sin that we continuously commit. But, I love the word but, by the way, in the Bible. Always implies something important. But, that's going to fall off. So, see it and then remember it and then I can get rid of it somewhere. You will be blameless on that day. You will be blameless on that day. Okay, let's lose that for now. Now, blameless on, it here means guiltless according to the law. When you appear before God, when he judges the world you would be guiltless. But as we all know, we've all done all sorts of things that are wrong, haven't we? That's what the Bible calls sin. 
So how can we be blameless on that day? Well, of course, the answer is that on the cross, when Jesus came and died, he paid the penalty for all our sin. Yours and mine. All of our sin, all of the rottenness from inside was dumped on him. And that sent the Lord Jesus away from his Father to hell. That immense separation that's almost unimaginable. As Jesus cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The reason was because of your sin and mine. But then, having all our sin dumped on him and he took it away and he rose again, and as he rises again, then the righteousness of Jesus, all the rightness of his perfection, was poured into each of us. Each of us who accept his forgiveness. For those that are interested in such things, the the, the theological idea of that is that our sin was imputed, put into Christ. His righteousness is imputed, put into us. But what that means is, gloriously, in verse 8, that on the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, when God looks at us, instead of seeing our sin, he sees the perfect righteousness of Christ. That's why Paul could say later on in uh, the second book of Corinthians, in his second letter, for our sake God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So God is faithful. Secondly, God has got you. Now, of course, a right response to having the righteousness of God poured into us is that we should work hard, shouldn't we, to serve him as a sign of our love. We saw that in our series through Philippians when we thought about what it means to work out your salvation and to stand firm in the Lord. But notice something really important in verse 8. Who is doing the keeping. Verse 8 tells us that he, that is God, will keep you firm so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is amazing news, isn't it? You see, not only does God pour all of Jesus' righteousness into those who trust him, but he doesn't let you go. It's God who does the keeping. You see, it's all about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and not about our hard work. So God does the keeping. But how can we be so sure of that? Well, have a look at verse 9 if you've got your Bible open in front of you. God, Paul tells us, has called you into fellowship with his son, 
Jesus Christ our Lord. What does it mean then that God has called us into fellowship with Jesus? Well, for one thing it means that if you're trusting in Jesus as your Saviour and Lord, you are never alone. In John 17, uh, verse 21, Jesus prays for all who will believe him down the ages as a result of the apostles' witnesses. It's worth pondering on that Jesus prayed for you. And he prayed this, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us. In a similar vein, in Colossians 3, verse 3, we're told, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So if you're a Christian, that means if you're trusting Jesus Christ as your Saviour, who forgave you, and as your Lord, your ruler of your life, then the Bible is clear that you are never alone. You are in fellowship with Jesus. It means that you're united with Christ, that Colossians verse, hidden with him in God. And that means that from now, quarter past 11, 6th of December 2020, until the day of the Lord Jesus when he returns, our salvation is safe and secure. That's wonderful news, isn't it, as we approach Christmas? That's wonderful news as we live in a world which is still so full of uncertainty and fear and anxiety. We are united safely with Christ. Now, I'm going to try and illustrate that a little bit with uh, some big Tupperware boxes I've bought. Some of you may have seen me use this before. But um, let's see if I can just illustrate this point for you. This is the place at which anything perhaps could happen. But um, here we are. I have a box here. Um, I hope you can see that. It's marked you. Here is you going along day by day as a Christian, doing the very best you can, being busy, doing everything, being a nice person. But if you're honest, realising, do you know what? Actually, I do know that sometimes I get stuff wrong. It's sin. And I don't know whether you can see it. There's a, rattling, a thing rattling around in there. And I don't know whether that's visible at the back or on the camera, but it says sin. Here's you, and there is sin in you. That's our nature. Well, why do we have that sinful nature? Well, it's uh, one of the things I suppose you could say it gets worse, because in the world there is sin. And we are actually born into sin. That's just the way things are because of the fall. Sin is in us. We are in a world full of sin. We're born in sin. And we can try as hard as we like, you know. We can do everything, all the good things. We can come to church. We can read our Bible. We can meet with our Christian friends. They're all good things to do. 
But we're still in a world full of sin, and sin is still in our hearts. But here's another one of those favourite little words of mine. But. Ephesians 2 tells us, but God. When we were dead in all of this, that's the effect of it. We're dead in all this sin. He sent his perfect son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he sent his son Jesus so that we could be taken out of the world of sin or the effects and we could be in Christ. But not only us in Christ, but Christ in us in Christ. You see where we're going with this? We're getting more and more deeply wrapped up in Christ all because of what he has done. That's our new identity. Our identity is no longer based on our sin, although it's still in there with us. But when we now sin, we know that we are with Christ and he longs day by day, doesn't he, to forgive us. And that verse in John, told as, as Jesus was praying, said that the, the Lord Jesus prayed that as they are in me and I are in them and I am in you, and so we have this huge box here, which we all go in, which is us completely hidden with Christ in God. Friends, every illustration has its weaknesses, doesn't it? But what a wonderful joy to know, John 14, verse 20, that on that day you'll realise that I am in my Father and you're in me and I am in you. So if we're in Christ and Christ is in the Father, then we are wrapped up in God, securely grasped forever. So when you have a hard day, when you feel far from God, perhaps, when you fall again for that habitual temptation that catches you out so often, you're still hidden with Christ in God. God is keeping you. God does the keeping. So that you will be blameless on the day the Lord Jesus returns. Because you are in fellowship with Jesus. So this Advent, even through the difficulties of coronavirus, lockdowns, restrictions and all the other stuff that's still going on. Let's look forward. Yes, let's look forward to Christmas, because it's such a joyful time. But let's look beyond that to the day when the Lord Jesus will return. And let's trust him who has shown himself to be faithful and will keep us firm. He will present us blameless before God on the day that he returns. Friends, if you are trusting Jesus as your saviour, he has got you. You are united with him. Trust him, for he is faithful. Let me just pray. Father God, I pray that you would 
just work in our hearts with this word of your faithfulness to us, filling us with joy today, knowing that we are united with Christ, hidden with him in you. Lord, may that fill our horizon as we look ahead. And Father, if there are any here today for whom this is news, for whom they don't really know whether they are yet united with you, Father, I pray that you would be at work calling those people to place their trust in Jesus, in whose name I pray. Amen.